Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the You're Still Out Golf Podcast, of course, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports. So let's start the conversation. Again, that intro music may give our listeners a little bit of a heads up as to what we got coming little up for them here, Jay Till. Got it, got it, got a good interview here. And obviously, we're talking about Greg Robertson, the head coach of the Oklahoma State Cowgirl Golf Program. Uh, this is a banger here, Jay Till. Uh, coach Robertson, so gracious with his time, and he was a great interview, right? Great interview, fun stories, both from his personal background in golf and obviously talking about his uh, lady golf program. Red hot. Very much red hot. We're going to dive into their recent finishes. We're going to dive into some of the individuals on the team that are just tearing it up and uh, some of the events that they have coming up. But uh, as always, as you like to say, got to give some love to our friends at Chalk. Absolutely. Got to pay the light bill around here, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, everybody knows about Chalk, right? 1324 West Memorial Road, Chisholm Creek Plaza. You can follow Chad Ben and the entire Chalk team on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at chalkokc. And Jay Till, we're in the midst of a big giveaway right now, right? We're in the midst of a big giveaway and got to shout out our man, Ben Mason, GM of Chalk. Recent birthday boy, so if you see Ben, tell him happy birthday, but Ben is the man that helps us out and gets creative with us on what kind of giveaways and engagement we're going to do. As everybody who is a listener of this podcast knows, until March 31st, you play some golf. That can be nine holes, 18 holes, 36 holes, 54 holes. We're getting close to daylight savings time, folks. We're going to be able to play a lot of golf. You take that scorecard to Chuck, our favorite 19th hole. I'm sure it's your favorite 19th hole by now. And you're going to get half off of your burger or sandwich. And in addition to that, we're going to get you into a drawing for a table for four on Masters Sunday with 200 bucks of Chuck credit if you'll just simply write YSO Pod, You're Still Out, Sports Pros Network, anything and everything to just identify you're a dedicated listener. We're going to get you into that drawing and... Uh, it's about to start popping off, man, because we Absolutely. are getting into some good golf weather. People are starting to think about the Masters a little bit more, getting people excited. So can't, can't thank those guys enough for partnering with us on this. They're big golf fans just like we are, and what better way to celebrate golf season approaching Fast and Furious but with having a little half-off burger sandwich in your belly at our favorite 19th hole absolutely eat more chalk play more golf and again a table for four best seat in the house there at chalk on master sunday 200 bucks towards your tab that that's a pretty good deal right i mean besides the pond next to 16 green on augusta the best place to be on master sunday is at chalk so get those entries in play that golf eat more chalk play more golf play more golf eat more chalk that's our logo for the season Let's go, baby. Absolutely. Always the favorite. That is Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. Well, JT, let's get into it, my friend. So here he is, head coach of the Cowgirl Golf Program, Greg Robertson. You're going to love this one, ladies and gentlemen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are super excited. We've got a special guest joining the YSO podcast uh, yet again. And of course, I am talking about the Oklahoma State head women's golf coach, Greg Robertson. Coach Robertson, we're so tickled to have you joining us this afternoon and appreciate you sharing some time with us. Well, I appreciate you having me on here. Look forward to a lot of fun. Yeah, we were talking about the weather right before we started recording here on the pod. And uh, yeah, lovely weather that we're having here in Oklahoma compared to the last two weeks. I know you've been on the road here over the last couple of weeks, uh, Coach, and we'll get into all that uh, here in a moment. And so, you know, Jay Till and I, we obviously do our homework. We know a little bit about your history and your background and, uh, you know, your playing days and, and, and all the stuff that kind of led you up uh, to being the coach again here at Oklahoma State. But before our listeners out there that maybe don't know your backstory, you know, give us a rundown of your background golf when did you first get introduced to the game you know a little bit about your playing career and then ultimately what brought you back to Stillwater yeah sure I, you know it's it's funny because when I was growing up when I was young in, in elementary school that was back when uh, uh, metal spikes were were on the golf shoes and uh, and and so I, I my parents played golf and 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 I'd go out to the golf course with them and I'd hear you know, that, that, those metal spikes on the ground and made that cool noise. And so I kept telling them I wanted a pair of those shoes. They told me, uh, well, 
you know, we'll get you a pair of those shoes if you're going to play some golf. And so they did. And, and I got into it. And, and again, both my parents being golfers and then my sister, who's the, the head women's golf coach at Texas Tech, she's a year behind me. Um, we both got into it uh, at a pretty young age. Um, and what was nice is that both my parents were school teachers. Um, so they were always getting off of work at the same time we were getting out of school. And, uh, and there was a, a little public golf course that was just down the road from our house and just down the road from the, the elementary school that we went to. And, uh, and we go out as a family and there was a little, you know, three hole loop that you could play, um, you know, take you back to the clubhouse and, and we'd go out there as a family and, and uh, play some golf together and, and really did a lot as a family. And then of course it turned into, uh, you know, all of us traveling together, going to our tournaments, uh, my sister and I with, with our national tournaments that, that we would play in. And, and so that's really kind of what, uh, what got me started in the game. And, and uh, both my parents are coaches. Uh, my dad's a football coach. Um, my mom was a high school golf coach um, and uh, probably the best coach in the family. She, she coached for 16 years and won 14 state championships. And so, um, so, but, I, but they, they were great, uh, you know, for us uh, getting us involved with the game and, and, and just kind of helping, you know, guide us, uh, you know, throughout our careers. And, and, uh, and then certainly as, as we became coaches, um, you know, they've helped out a lot as well, but, but so that, uh, that's kind of how I got started in, in the game. And then, uh, you know, I went, uh, came, came to Oklahoma state. I was, I was, a, an AJGA, um, all American. I had a good junior career, um, came to Oklahoma state. Um, and, uh, you know, I wanted to be a part of a, a great program and, and, and one where, you know, we could win a national championship and, and further your career. And, and I'd say that, you know, my, my, my time at Oklahoma state, uh, on the golf team, uh, loved every minute of it. My golf probably wasn't as where I wanted it to be. Um, but, uh, but afterwards I, I, I gave it a shot for a couple of years, um, playing professionally, played the Canadian tour for a year, um, Monday qualified for the, uh, uh, the tournament actually that they had just last week at Riviera. Um, that was actually uh, 21 years ago that I, I did that. Um, so I played in one PGA tour event, went to Q school a couple times. Um, and, and, and I had a little bit of success, but I I'm sitting there thinking, you know what, I don't want to be a 35 year old playing mini tours. And, uh, you know, and so I need to, I need to get a real job here. And, and, uh, I came back to Oklahoma state to work as a volunteer assistant under coach Holder. And that of course opened up a lot of doors. The Purdue, uh, assistant coaching job came open the next year. And I, I, I went there for 11 years. Um, that led me to Kent state as the head coach for six years. And then, and then brought me back here. And I'll just say, you know, coming back here has just been incredible. I mean, Stillwater, is a special place to me and my family. Um, obviously, Oklahoma State's pretty special to us. My wife grew up in Stillwater, and uh, and her her mom passed away about three years ago, and her dad still lives here. So for us to be able to come back and be with her, uh, be with her dad, um, and have our kids be closer to my parents and be around her dad uh, every day is is really uh, you know it's it's been a blessing. Awesome. We appreciate the context and. and- J- JT here really appreciate you coming on with us. I can tell you, we, we do ask, uh, the, the, the guests that we've had, how they got into golf. And then obviously that's just kind of a conversation starter for a lot of golf buddies and the, the <laughs> specifically the sound of the metal spikes. That's a, that's a that's first great. timer for yeah. sure. Uh, <laughs> hearing that that's a reason I, Maybe, yet, uh, maybe I'll do that and trick my kids into playing golf based on that. <laughs> break the bad news to them later. Then, ah, sorry, you can't really wear those anymore. But um, That's right. tell us, uh, I, you know, Keith mentioned we, we did our research, and I one particular thing that I thought was interesting, I, I'd love to hear about your first uh, 48 hours in Stillwater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, this is a pretty good story. I went when uh, – you know, I, I came to campus uh, a few days before classes start my freshman year, and, and basically my, my parents just packed up my car and sent me away. And so um, I, I stayed um, my first night. I stayed with a, a guy on the team named Billy Brown. He's from Stillwater. And uh, so I got into town, you know, sometime in the evening, and, and uh, he told me, he said, I, I got a call from Coach Holder that he wants everybody on the team who's in town to, to show up at Carson Creek. And at the time, Carson Creek had been built, but they were laying sod on, you know, all of the, all of the holes. So, and they had gotten done with, with quite a few of them. And so he said, uh, 
you know, car, that coach Holder uh, told him, make sure you come where you can, you can get dirty, you know, so, so wear some, wear some, uh, you know, old, old clothes. And, and we didn't really know what to expect, but all of us showed up out here. And uh, what, what we ended up doing is we laid sod on the 18th hole probably for about eight hours that day. And it was one of those August days where it was muggy as you can imagine, you know, it was probably in the nineties. Um, and, and all, all, I forgot how many truckloads of, of sod. I thought, I think it was like 14 or something like that, but we got about halfway through that fairway, which was, I mean, really incredible. Uh, Cause back then it was, you know, it's a little different now. They, you know, they have those big rolls and they just roll them out. But back then it were the little square pieces of sod. You just kept throwing them in. It's it like a little puzzle piece. And, and uh, you know, but we had about uh, 10 of us out there doing it. The workers at the golf course, Coach Holder was out there with Bruce Hepler, who was the assistant. And uh, and we got after it. And, and uh, you know, so now every time I play that hole, I feel like I got a, you know, piece of, of, of helping out with, with the <laughs> golf course. And, uh, you know, looking back on it, of course, at that time, you you know, you're kind of miserable during the, you know, the, the day doing it. But now you're looking back on it, it's uh, – you know, I mean, you, you played a part and, and really kind of helping, helping with uh, the golf courses that was being built. Yeah, quite that's literally awesome. laid some of the groundwork there at Karsten Creek, Coach. That's that's a great story. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Well, well, Coach, you know, again, right before we started recording the pod, we were talking about the weather and some of the uh, being on the road here over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And and man, you know, give us give us kind of a recap of this opening month here in the spring semester uh, for your squad. I mean, you have to be pretty pleased because the ladies have come out red hot here in the month of February, haven't they? Yeah, you know, we played in the fall. Um, we were one of only two power conferences, power five conferences that played in the in the fall, and so we didn't have our entire roster in town because of COVID. Um, but we were we were fortunate to get out and and uh, play some tournaments, and and because uh, it's you know it had been since March since uh, um, we we shut it down. So, um, but but when we got back this spring, we added. Um, a freshman uh, from Australia, uh, Madison Henson Tulchard, and then Han Shen Yu, who uh, was is a junior and had played the last two years and had been a fixture in the lineup the last two years. She came back as well. So it basically it added more depth and, and more competition to the team. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we went to Dallas um, and, and a little different lineup than, than what we had seen, um, you know, in the fall. And because Madison and uh, Han both uh, both made the trip, and we finished second behind Baylor. Um, didn't have any time in between to to do any qualifying or much practice, uh, so we took the same team the next week to uh, Purdue's tournament in Florida, and uh, went out and, and won and, and beat a good Ole Miss team. We were four shots back going into the final round and ended up winning by two. And Ole Miss is a top five, top ten team, so a very strong team. So that was good to see. Um, and then, you know, we, we hit a little adversity coming back and, and really right when we got back is when that storm hit. And, um, you know, so we, we didn't have much time to practice. We were fortunate that we got an individual in to, into the tournament in Houston. And, and the, uh, the interesting thing about that is, um, you know, that, that was kind of a last minute deal and she ended up winning the tournament. So she wasn't in our lineup. Um, but, uh, you know, she won the tournament individually. We finished third behind, um, uh, Baylor and LSU. Um, again, two top five teams, Baylor's number one in the country. They've had an exceptional year so far and they've got a great team. Um, and so, you know, we finished behind them, but we, we got some solid play from, from a few players. And then of course, uh, Rena with that win was, uh, you know, you know, was, was great to see. Um, and, and she played in the fall and had a solid fall just didn't qualify for that first tournament. And, uh, but, but that's, uh, that's a great way to get yourself back in the lineup is just go out and win the, that tournament as an individual. Absolutely. That, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great we way. We talk yeah. a lot about how, you know, competitive it is on the college scene, you know, uh, kind of qualifying there when you're at your home course for who's going to play in spots. And that is definitely like the ultimate, uh, the ultimate qualifier. <laughs> you're not, you're not, you're not on the five, uh, person squad and you just go out and win anyway and uh, say well, I, uh, maybe I do uh, belong in that five so <laughs> awesome that's that's making a statement for sure and and she did have a solid fall season she she averaged 72.8 in the fall and um, you know and and but I, like I said she just struggled a little bit in the, in the qualifier and here here's an interesting story too about this 
is that she broke her driver um, practicing about a week and a half ago. And so we scrambled to find a, a driver for her, and it was – it was a completely different driver, a club head, a completely different shaft. We tried to get it to match as much as we could. The first time she, because of the weather, the first time she had a chance to hit it on a golf course was two days before the tournament. And then she went out and shoots 14 under. I think she's going to keep that. That's a keeper. Yeah. Yeah, That one'll be in the bag for a while. She may want to, you know, she may want to get a copy made for the next time that, uh, for the next time something breaks down. I I think that goes to show you kind of just, uh, the team that you have this year and kind of, you know, preparing to talk with you, obviously we had notes down about Isabella and Maja Stark and, you know, uh, it's just kind of crazy. Rena goes out and wins a tournament, but if you would kind of, kind of take us there um, with both Isabella and Maja, how did you recruit each one of them to OSU? Did you kind of see them bursting onto the I don't know, national scene for lack of a better term this quickly uh, kind of, kind of take us there. And then, we got to definitely have a follow-up question about the, something that's coming up on their schedule. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, it's actually uh, for um, Maya, it's per- pronounced uh, with a, like a Y, uh, that J it's, uh, you know, that a lot of people get confused with, uh, w- with looking at the spelling. Um, but she, uh, both her and Isabella, they, um, they were actually recruited by Parr and Courtney. And so with this being my second year and Maddie's second year, um, they had already signed um, and, and were coming before we got here. So, you know, a lot of, and, and, and that's where I've, I've said it all along, you know, a lot of the success that the team's having has to do with the fact that the team was already in, in a good spot. Um, and, and, the, and that recruiting class with Maya, Isabella, and Haley, uh, coming in um, was as strong as any in the country. And so they're, they're making Maddie and I look good, um, you know, because the, the, the team really was, uh, you know, was, is, was in a good spot in terms of the, the, the players that uh, were already here. And so, um, so we didn't have a, a hand in recruiting those two, um, you know, and, and I know that, uh, you know, I, for, for me as a new coach that was coming in, I appreciate the fact that, they, they stuck with their commitment to, uh, you know, to, to come here. Uh, it could have been very easy for them to, to leave and want to go somewhere else, but uh, they're certainly having a lot of success. And both of them were, were very successful as junior golfers um, and at the amateur level and on an international level. Um, both of them qualified for the Augusta National Women's Amateur um, before they even got here. So they were still in high school when they played in that, in, that inaugural uh, tournament. And so um, – so that, I, w- I wouldn't say that it surprises me that, uh, that they've been able to, to show up and have the success that they've had. Um, they've, I will say that they've done a great job um, as freshmen and now sophomores of, you know, adapting to a new culture, um, you know, the, the school work and everything. They're doing great in school. Um, you know, they're, they, they've done a – that's where I, I feel like they've, they've really done a great job is, is – you know, really adapting to the environment, new environment, new coaching staff who didn't uh, recruit them. Um, and so, uh, but their golf game, obviously for both of them, it's, uh, I mean, they're incredibly talented and, and it's fun to watch. Well, I think that's uh, very interesting to hear just from a perspective of even as underclassmen having to kind of having to mature pretty quickly uh, with the coaching change and then, you know, becoming leaders pretty quick. And it sounds like they've definitely done that. You mentioned uh, the Augusta National Women's Amateur. That's where I wanted to go next. I know that you've done a kind of a ton of high-level caddying in your day, and so the question is, you know, how are you gonna either choose or how are they gonna choose you? I'm not sure how that works exactly, but uh, in terms of caddying at that event, and then kind of along those lines, have you gotten to play or caddy at Augusta National uh, up to this point in time? Well. I've, I've never caddied or played at Augusta. I've, I've only been on the grounds twice. Um, one was while I was at Purdue, um, the men's team played in a tur- at Augusta's uh, college tournament. And that's always the weekend before the master starts. And then all of the teams get uh, tickets to the Monday practice round. And so that was my first experience at Augusta. And then uh, two years ago, uh, during the uh, first Augusta National Women's Amateur that they had, I was at Kent State, and we had two of our players playing in that tournament. And one of them was actually in third place going into the last day and played behind Jennifer Cupcho and Maria Fossey. And, and so I got a chance to, uh, you know, go out and, and, and watch her 
Um, she had her own caddy. Um, but, uh, but that was my, my next experience at Augusta, but for, for this coming tournament, um, you know, my, Maya has her plans already taken care of and who's, who she's going to have caddy. Um, but we're going to actually have, uh, coach Maddie Sweeney caddy for, uh, Isabella. And, uh, so, and, and, and I think, uh, in my opinion, Maddie's one, one of the best coaches out there, not just assistant coaches, but just any coach. Um, and she's, she does an incredible job of working with players on the golf course. And I think she's going to be, uh, uh, great for, for Isabella to, uh, to have her on the bag that week. So I, I'm just looking forward to, to having both of them. Uh, out there playing and competing, and I, I think both of them are going to be very competitive, and and uh, and and I think it's great to have uh, you know Maddie out there with uh, Isabella and uh, every step of the way. Yeah, we're we're looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that coach, and hopefully you're know, going to get some good coverage of it as well coming up here relatively soon. And so you know, kind of leads me to the, my next question, coach, is that you know as as Jay Till and I, maybe even more so me, because Jay Till's always been kind of a golf sicko, and then I've always followed it, but I've, I've really gotten into college golf here over the last year or two. And one of the things that I think maybe surprises me a little bit is that, you know, the relative lack of TV coverage or maybe even streaming coverage of some of these events that, that, you know, go on, you know, before the conference championships or before the national championships in May. But, you know, can, can you walk us through maybe your thoughts on that and maybe what could be done to cover college golf maybe in a more complete way? Because I know if there's a tournament on, I'm going to be watching it, Coach. So I'd, I'd love to see all of them on right. television. Well, I, I think the tough part with, uh, with televising golf in general is, is, the, is the cost of it. And, um, you know, the fact that you've got, you know, at a football stadium, basketball arena, I mean, everything's right there in front of you. A golf course, you're, you're spread out over miles of a golf course and miles of cables that they're running along, but, you know, possibly needing TV towers and, and a big crew to be able to handle all of that. And so I know that it's very expensive um, to, uh, to put a golf tournament on TV. Um, and so I'm guessing that that's probably one of the reasons why that we don't see more college golf, um, on TV. Now, what's nice is that the golf channel has done a good, I feel like the golf channel's done a good job of, you know, they, they've got the NCAA championship uh, on TV. They're, they're actually a, a couple other just regular season tournaments that I've seen televised. Um, and, and then, especially during our championship week, uh, they've had the morning drive, um, you know, they're on, on site. Um, so, you know, everything really just focused on, on college golf and, and they've, they've done a good job of featuring teams and, and players and stuff like that. It would be great to see a lot more of it. Um, but what is nice is that, you know, even, uh, the, I know the Longhorn network, um, they televise the, uh, the women's tournament that we play in every year. Um, the big 10 network has put on, uh, put some of their championships on TV. And so hopefully that starts to, uh, uh, you know, spread a little bit more. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, anytime we get a chance to, to play in a tournament where there's TV coverage, we take it, we want to take advantage of it. Um, it's great for the program. It's great for the exposure of the players. And, uh, and so we, we, if we, if we have that opportunity, like going to Texas and, and having the, that tournament on the Longhorn network, I mean, that's where we're, we're going to go. And so, um, you know, there's, there's still a lot that, that probably can be done and, and hopefully will be done a lot more here in the future. But, um, yeah, I, it's, it's a tough deal I think because of the cost, but, uh, um, but I think if people, um, really see the product that's being put out there. I know on the women's side at the NCAA championship, I mean, the last, you know, four or five national championships that we've had when it, when it's come down to match play, that final, final match, it's been some of the best golf that I've ever seen on any level. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, you know, for, for the women's side, it's always come to, coming down to the last match, last uh, hole and, and uh, you know, really exciting stuff. And so I think if people just, you know, understand and see the, how good that product is, I, I think more people start watching it, but um, ho hopefully we'll get there. Yeah, you're right in terms of the, the financial piece is, is tough um, in terms of, you know, it's probably a simple supply and demand type of thing a lot of times. And you're right, you hit the nail on the head. The product is so good. And when it is televised, people get to see 
of, you know, what <clears throat> high level golf is played that, uh, I think, you know, it's probably Keith and I's perspective. We're just, uh, you know, a little bit, uh, spoiled. We want to be able to see it, see it more <laughs> often. So, uh, sure. So let me, let's do a little bit different topic. Something that's been a, obviously a kind of a hot button issue, um, certainly over the last few weeks as we've gotten some new stuff come out on it, but give us your take kind of on the distance debate uh, that's going on right now. Uh, I guess in general, uh, do you think the ball goes too far? Um, and then, you know, being the women's coach at Oklahoma State, does that take on a different perspective as it relates to ladies golf, meaning kind of lower swing speeds? Um, just kind of give us, you know, we hear a lot about it. Give us your perspective as a collegiate coach and specifically at the, with the women's game. Yeah, you know, I, I think there, there's a couple different takes on this. Um, you know, on one side of it, um, you know, if you're wanting to grow the game, um, obviously, you know, for the casual golfer to, to be able to hit a ball farther, uh, straighter, um, you know, it's going to probably make it a little bit more fun uh, for those players. Um, and, and, and then certainly, you know, from a spectator perspective, I mean, to be able to watch somebody like Bryson, you know, fly a ball 350, 360 and do what he's doing is, is, is a lot of fun and, and uh, pretty exciting to see. Um, on, on the other side of that, uh, you know, the problem you get is, is the fact that a lot of these great golf courses are starting to become obsolete a little bit. And the fact that you only have so much land to, you know, extend holes and, and uh, you know, make these courses longer. So, um, you know, if we continue at this, this pace, you know, you're going to have some great golf courses that are, are, are almost too short, especially for the, on the men's side. Um, I know here at Karsten Creek, when this course opened up in uh, spring of 94, it was a long golf course. And I think it was about, you know, just over 7,000 yards. Well, I mean, since in, in the last 25 years, they've, uh, they've made holes two, uh, five, eight, nine, 10, uh, 15, 16, 17, and 18 longer. And so they've, they've lengthened the course by, uh, uh, you know, two, 300 yards. And honestly, there's, there's no more room to do it. We, we don't, we can't put any more tee boxes any further back. And so, you know, that's, that's the part of the, you know, equation that, that gets tricky. Um, you know, on one hand, it's, it's great for, you know, for spectators to see that stuff on the professional level, maybe even better for, you know, your casual player. But then on the other hand, it's, um, you know, some of these great golf courses, it's, uh, you know, it's going to be hard to, to continue at that, that, that rate. Um, you know, for, for the women, um, you know, obviously they're, they're not playing um, all the way back. So I don't think it's really as much of an issue for, um, for women because you're going to have some more tees that you can, you can work from, um, you know, you can keep moving them further and further back, but you don't necessarily have to extend the hole to do it. Um, but I will say that just like on the men's side, I mean, the, these ladies and, 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 uh, you know, players that we have on our team, junior golfers, I mean, they're becoming better athletes. They're becoming stronger, um, you know, and, and they are hitting the ball further. And, and, and that's another thing kind of going along with what we were talking about with college golf is, you know, if people would get out and, and see the product that's out there on the LPGA tour, they'd be amazed how, how, how good these players are. Um, and, and they're bombing the ball, um, you know, and, and so, I mean, they, they can, uh, they, they can get it around the golf course and they can get they're they're, you know, some of those long hitters out there. I mean, I'm not sure I'd want to have a long drive contest with any of them because, uh, you know, they're, it's pretty, uh, pretty amazing. And, and so, um, but just, just a ton of great players and a ton of, of power, uh, with the game. Cause the game is really kind of turned into a power game. Um, and, and, and those, those players that are overpowering these golf courses and have that length have an advantage, um, you know, with all these short shots, getting to par fives and two, reaching some of the par fours and having wedges into uh, um, a lot more holes. I mean, it, it, it definitely makes it easier. Um, so, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a tricky subject. And, and uh, you know, I know the USGA is, is working on it. Um, I don't know that there's a, you know, a definite right or wrong answer to it, but I, I would like to see, in my opinion, you know, make sure that, uh, these golf courses don't, uh, you know, it doesn't ruin a lot of these, these golf courses and, and, and what we have right now, because, um, I mean, 
at, at this rate, we're, we're going to be building golf courses that are, you know, 8,000 plus yards here pretty soon. Yeah, it is, you know, it is an interesting debate. And, it, you know, it, I, I joke about it sometimes where I feel like sometimes it's something that's uh, debated just to have something to debate. Um, but it is everything you said, just spot on on both sides of the issue. And, you know, you mentioned uh, kind of classic golf courses, uh, golf courses that can be played. You mentioned um, that you got to, you know, Monday into being able to play Riviera. It held up certainly well this past weekend. A place yep. that I think is interesting, and I want to loop all the way back to uh, talking about your early season results. Um, I'm still not used to COVID after all this time. When I saw Trinity <laughs> Forest come on your schedule, Keith and I immediately, hey, we need to go down there and check that out. And it's like, oh, well, can't do that. So, since we couldn't get down there, give us your take on Trinity Forest, uh, its maybe uniqueness um, <laughs> in day and age as a high-level golf venue. Obviously, the PGA Tour has already already uh, had a couple years and moved away from that. But give us your impressions of Trinity Forest. How did the ladies enjoy it? And uh, to speak to that a little bit. Yeah, sure. I, you know, it, it is an interesting golf course. Um, there, there's not a single tree on the golf course uh, that's in play. And so, um, you know, it's, uh, if, if the wind blows there, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's a tough place and there's nothing to stop that wind. And, you know, we had my first tournament that I coached at Oklahoma state, we played there, um, a year and a half ago and, and we won. Um, and so, and then we finished, uh, you know, second, uh, behind Baylor, um, you know, a few weeks ago. And so, I mean, for me personally, we've had some success there. Um, and, and so I like the course in that regard, but it was for the conditions that we played it, um, a few weeks ago, the greens were extremely firm. Um, and they were very fun, you know, around 20 miles an hour. And there were some shots where even with wedges, they could, where they were hitting the front of the greens and the ball would, would just release over the green. And there was one particular hole, the seventh hole it was uh, a right to left wind kind of downwind. The green sloped from right to left. It was a par five. They've got some uh, uh, wedges into the greens and in the practice round, they were hit every ball that hit the green, uh, you know, bounced left and long and, and all, they all went long into this hazard and, uh, or, you know, into the rough and into the near the hazard. And so, we were thinking before the tournament started, if we get conditions like this, I mean, you're just gonna have to wedge something up there short of the green and then just get it up and down. It was just, it was playing that difficult. And, and the night before the, um, the tournament, we had a, we have our little team meeting. We go through the yardage books and, and Maya Stark who, who did, played in the, uh, the U S open um, and, you know, uh, finished 13th uh, a couple months ago. I mean, she just said, Hey, th this is great preparation. If you're ever going to play in the U S open, because this is exactly how the greens are. Um, this is how it's going to play. And so she had a good perspective on it. And after that practice round, I mean, I was thinking, gosh, if, you know, if even par would have been a pretty good score. And then she goes out there and shoots 66 in the first round. And so, um, you know, but, but I think some of that too, was she had a great attitude about that golf course and, and, and the greens and everything about it going in. That's uh, that is interesting to hear uh, that perspective. And I hadn't heard that. So it's cool to, to see that. I think, you know, this is, I don't know, editorial commentary in terms of the, the PGA guys, maybe not going into those events with the best attitude about it and, you know, quote unquote, not liking it. And then you have somebody like Maya who right. has the right attitude, goes out, you know, shoot, shoot 66. So very cool. Well, thanks for, thanks for indulging me there. As Keith will tell you, I'm definitely yeah. the course architecture nerd of the, of the duo. I'm not pulling <laughs> Keith along, but uh, yeah. uh, we'll a little more golf courses here soon but i know keith's got a couple other good good little nuggets for you yeah along those lines coach you know kind of keeping the the focus on courses in particular now no you know we know that you're a new mexico native but we assume that you played mm -hmm. a fair bit of golf here in the state of oklahoma as well so maybe outside of karsten you know what would be your favorite course that you've played here in oklahoma and then for our listeners out there if they find themselves getting out west uh, you know in and around new mexico you know what might be a course that you would recommend uh kind of uh, in, from the land of enchantment sir yeah. So believe it or not, I haven't played a ton of courses in Oklahoma. Cause when, you know, when you've got Carson Creek at your fingertips and it's just 10 minutes away, you, you almost feel like you don't need to go anywhere else. But um, I, I'll say that the course that I want to play that I haven't played yet is Southern Hills. 
Um, and, and I'd love to get up there at some point. I've been out there for the, when the tour has been there. Um, I mean, and I know they've made some renovations, uh, here recently and, and would love to, to get out there at some point, but I'd, I'd probably say Oak tree. Um, I, I love the golf course. I like it's, you know, it's, it's close, uh, you know, probably 45 minutes from Carson Creek. Um, you know, and it's, uh, just a good, good golf course. Good chance. It's a good test. Um, and, uh, I just remember, you know, going out there quite often when I was in school, that was before Karsten Creek was built. And so we, we would, uh, we, we'd play out there quite a bit. And, uh, and I really do like that course. Um, and I, and golf club of Oklahoma is a good one too. Um, you know, and so, so yeah, I, 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 I need to probably get out and play a little bit more, although I don't play much anymore, uh, to begin with, but, but, uh, if I'm going to, I'd, I'd say that, uh, Southern Hills is probably on my bucket list for, uh, for, for Oklahoma golf, but, but going, you know, you're going out West to uh, New Mexico. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I haven't really been, uh, around, you know, for about the last 20 years, I haven't spent much time there. And I know they've built some, some good courses, uh, Paco Ridge, uh, near Albuquerque. Um, I have never seen it never been on it. Um, but it's, it ranks pretty high. It's, I think it's the number one course in New Mexico and ranks pretty highly and nationally. Um, and I think there's another one called rainmaker and, and Ruidoso, but, um, probably the, the best golf courses that I've played were at Las Campanas country club at, in, uh, um, Santa Fe. And, uh, uh I think they're, uh, Jack Nicholas design and, and, uh, just, uh, I mean, it's just a beautiful setting, uh, great layout courses in perfect condition, but, but for, in terms of, uh, people just wanting to get on a golf course and be able to play it, it's not a country club. One of my favorites is, is a course in Rodoso, uh, and Rodoso New Mexico is, it's a little town up in the mountains and it's about an hour and a half from where I grew up in Roswell. And so, you know, you got skiing in the winter time, you got perfect, you know, weather in the summertime, kind of cool up in the mountains. And it's a course called the Inn of the Mountain Gods. It's a casino resort um, golf course, but the setting up, uh, it's up in the mountains, kind of around this, this lake. And it's just beautiful. Just cut, you know, golf course cut in between all the pine trees. And um, I, I've always loved playing there. Um, and, uh, you know, so if anybody has a chance and, and, and is around that area, I would highly recommend going there. End of the mountain gods. You get you write that down, Keith. Sounds like a road trip right there, J. Till. We're gonna need some uh, <laughs> July, August cooler temperature golf. You know, this cold weather will be a distant memory uh, for too much longer. <laughs> weather. Uh, all right, coach. I got a couple fun ones for you here. Yeah, uh, and this is very relevant to your your recent success with the squad. You're coming off a high finish and a win in your case. What's the team song for the road trip or the flight back? Who's on the DJ controls? Give us, give us a little, give us a little taste of the musical uh, genre that the uh, OSU women's golf is, is rocking. Boy, it's, you know, we, we've got such a diverse group with uh, a lot of players and from a lot of different countries. And it really depends on who is in the front seat. Cause if it's me choosing, I'm choosing something country, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm in the minority when it comes to country music, but um I mean, usually the, the two that, uh, that like to choose the music, uh, that I've been in my car, Leanna Bailey and Isabella Fierro. And, um, I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, a lot of the, the top 40 hits that you, that you hear on the radio there, there's, uh, we don't really have a, you know, a, a, a team song or anything that, uh, you know, that we play, but they, they've got their playlists and, and, uh, you know, a lot of, some of the songs, I, a lot of them actually, I've never even heard of, but, uh, it's, um, you know, they, they do, uh, they, they do a good job keeping, uh, keeping the car entertained and making sure that we do have music, but, uh, um, but it's, uh, you get a little bit of everything with this group. Keeping it lively. It sounds like, um, <laughs> well, you know, not, you know, certainly, uh, in general, I think, uh, golf programs, both men and women have a lot of high achievers, you know, academically, but uh, whether it be from an academic standpoint or just from a kind of a life lesson standpoint, if you got to pick one class for all of your athletes to take, what would you choose? Yeah, that's a good one. I, you know, I, I think, I think maybe, you know, communications or speech class um, for them to be able to learn how to get up in front of people, have that confidence, um, be able to speak in front of people. Um, you know, it, it's funny because Rena Tadamatsu who just won this past week. Um, you know, when she got up there, she, she had to 
give a give a little speech, uh, you know, with some thank yous. And right. and uh, that, she she was she was pretty nervous getting ready to do it, but she did a great job. But but I think it's something that uh, you know they're going to carry with them is if they want to play professional golf and they're successful at the professional level, you're going to have to do those sorts of things. Um, you know, I think really, um, you know, anywhere in life. Um, having that confidence in yourself and being able to, uh, you know, learn how to do that is a good thing. Um, I know for some people it comes easier than others. Um, but, uh, but, but that's one thing, um, you know, again, all, all of these tournaments, if you go out and you win a college tournament, you're, you're going to have to get up there after you get your trophy and, and make a few comments and, um, you know, and, but, but having that confidence to be able to do it. And, and, um, I, I think is important, uh, not, not just in college, but also beyond. Yeah, you're right. It's amazing, you know, how uh, these guys and gals can have no nerves over, you know, a four-footer, but they get up and say <laughs> a couple things in front of uh, alumni or uh, in front of the cameras, and it's, whoa, wait a second, we're at the uh, – That's the exactly right. A lot more difficult to master, so uh, that's that's a good one, <laughs> uh, good piece of advice for all of them to hear, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, Coach, you know, our favorite – post-round hangout here in the Oklahoma City metro area is, is obviously Chalk Sports Bar. So they're they're good friends of ours, big sponsors of the podcast, and we love those guys. But, you know, after you've played around at Karsten or maybe, you know, kind of walked around with some of the, your athletes and your players, you know, what would be your favorite hangout there in Stillwater uh, after a round at Karsten? Well, I'd say if you're playing Karsten, you can always just go right up to the restaurants that they've got in, in the clubhouse and they, they've got a good menu and drinks up there that, uh, that you can have. Um, you know, obviously you've got, uh, places in Stillwater like Eskimo Joe's and the hideaway. And, but, um, I'll tell you there's the one that, uh, that, that I, I really like, um, is the garage right across from Eskimo Joe's and they got great hamburgers and, and growing up in New Mexico, um, all, all the, the, the people in New Mexico put green chili on everything and they've got a great green chili cheeseburger at the garage. And it's a bit spicy. If you don't like spice, you probably don't want to eat this, but, um, but it, it's, it's really good. I mean, it's something that you would get if you were, uh, if you were in New Mexico. And, and so I, I like going there, um, you know, bad Brad's barbecue. Um, they moved to uh sixth street on the West side of town. So a little bit closer to the country club and Carson Creek and they've got some good barbecue. Uh, you know, it's not too far from the golf course and that's uh, a good place to hit as you're on your way back into town. Good stuff. Good stuff, coach. Well, well, we told you, you know, around 40 or 45 minutes is what we would like to have. And we're, we're kind of up there around the 40 minute mark coach, but before we let you go, you know, a couple of segments that Jay Till and I always like to do with our guests are, are to kind of end the interviews. Uh, one of them being this, this word association game. And so I'm going to tee Jay Till up here. He's got three or four words that he's going to throw out to you. Again, you, you haven't seen these words yet, so we want your <laughs> off-the-cuff kind of, you know, the first thing that comes into your mind here. But I'm going to tee Jay Till up here and let him uh, play the word association game with you. Okay. All right, Coach. Here we go. Uh, first one up is actually uh, it's actually not a word. It's a year, 1995. Uh, national Championship, Oklahoma State men's golf. Nice. Thought that might be the first thing that came to mind. Uh, well, you know, you mentioned it a couple times, but give us uh, first reactions when you hear the uh, coach holder. Respect. I think that would be a common response for a lot of Oklahomans, uh, certainly a lot of OSU folks. All right, last one, and hopefully this is a fun one, uh, Scandinavia. Ooh. Great golfers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and OSU, and OSU women's golf. I mean, there's there's a connection there. So, um, yeah, we we've had a lot of success here at Oklahoma State with Scandinavian players. Quite a pipeline. Yeah, Love absolutely. It. Love it, Coach. All right. Well, well, last segment here, Coach, and we'll get get you out of here. And I know I know you've got a busy schedule, and you've been so gracious with your time, and we certainly appreciate it. But the last segment is called the short par four. So Jay Till and I are going to uh, uh, go go back and forth, firing some questions at you here. Uh, obviously, golf centric questions, but maybe a little broader in the uh, the context of life as well. But I'll tee us up here on the short par four. And and you said you hadn't played a whole lot of golf here recently. But the first question is: Tell us about your last round of golf. Well, it's interesting because it was uh, it was back uh, uh, at Christmas break, and I went back to New Mexico to visit my family and played a golf course that I grew up on, just a little municipal golf course. And I, I don't remember what I shot. I do know it was under par, 
Uh, it's not a very hard golf course, but the one thing uh, that I do remember most about it is I was playing with my two boys. Uh, they're 10 and 13, and uh, anytime I get a chance to do that, it's it's always a blast. Amen to that, Coach. Amen to that. All right, we've got the approach shot here into the short par four. Um, what golfer do you find yourself cheering for most on tour? could be LPGA or PGA Tour. The qualifier is the non-OSU division. Non-OSU for, well, I'll, I'll start with women. Um, you know, I, I, I like, uh, I, I like Brooke Henderson. Um, you know, I, 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 she, everything that I've seen about her, she seems like a sweet girl, but boy, is she a competitor out there. And, and, uh, and I like to see really what the, what the Corda sisters are doing. I mean, with their golf swings and power and, and, um, you know, the, the scores they're putting up is, is really amazing. And, um, you know, on the men's side, um, I mean, I'd, I'd probably have to say Tiger and, and certainly now, right now, I'm, you know, just hoping that he's, his health is, uh, you know, first and foremost, uh, I hope he's okay from that, what just happened yesterday. And, um, but, uh, but I, I mean, what's, what he's done for the game and still does for the game. Uh, I mean, it's incredible. And the, and the more, better he's playing, um, the better it is for golf. Agreed, agreed, Coach, and obviously echo those sentiments as well. Uh, thoughts and prayers uh, to Tiger and his entire family uh, with uh, with what happened yesterday morning. So, well, we'll birdie putt here, Coach, uh, on the short par four. Question is, you've got one last round of golf. What course are you going to play, with the caveat being it has to be a course you've previously played? Well, um, I'd say it's <laughs> – I've got a few of them in mind. I'd say it's hard to beat, uh, you know, Riviera is certainly, uh, you know, one of them. Uh, I would say, uh, I mean, Karsten Creek, certainly. Um, and, uh, oh, Prairie Dunes uh, would probably be another one. I, it, it's hard to choose between those three. <laughs> I, I'd be, that'd be too tough of a decision right there. I think it just depends on what time of the year. Six, six <laughs> holes at each, Coach. That's what we'll do. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I would do absolutely do that. <laughs> depends on who picks up the phone, I guess. It's probably the yeah. – uh, <laughs> All right, well, we're tapping in for par here. A movie about the golf life of Greg Robertson. What famous <laughs> golfer plays you in that movie? Oh, boy. Um you know, when, when I was in school uh, and playing on the golf team, uh, we had a guy on the team named Jackson Brigman, and he said – he always told me that uh, I, my golf swing uh, was similar to Tom Watson's, So, which is – to me, that's a compliment. Um, so, I, I guess if we're going to go off something like that, I'd, I'd say maybe Tom Watson. Love it. Love that answer, Coach. Wrong so. with Tom Watts. Yeah, absolutely. That is definitely a compliment. You <laughs> need some longevity too, right? Because he absolutely he, he did it in all ages. So you'll be able to he'll be able to play multiple parts in the movie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, great stuff, Coach. Well, again, we're we're so appreciative of your time. Uh, obviously, going to continue to follow you and your squad here in the the weeks to come. Heading out west here, uh, coming up pretty soon. I uh, heading out to Arizona a couple times. Uh, in the month of March, yep. and so we'll be following you there, and then obviously uh, coming up uh, in April as well, uh, down in the Woodlands for the Big Twelve Championship, and then and then hopefully the uh, the national uh, uh, championship and the NCAA regionals and tournaments as well, Coach. But again, we we appreciate the time. Best of luck to you and your ladies uh, this spring semester, and uh, we'll be rooting for you. Well, I appreciate it, and I appreciate you having me on. That was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thanks, Take care, Coach. Great time. All right, we'll see you. Bye bye. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Coach Robertson, that, that was great stuff, wasn't it, J-Till? Very, very good stuff. We said it in the uh, in the intro to the pod. Just a lot of great stories. The the whole, like, uh, metal spikes deal. <laughs> That's good was, stuff. Yeah. I mean, when I when I heard that, it's just like, oh, man, what a, what a, what a cute yet endearing story in terms of the, the weird ways that we uh, get into the, the hobbies that we all have. And for him, it obviously turned into much more. You know, one thing that he didn't mention, I believe that he and his wife actually got married on the 18th green at Karsten Creek. So not only did he lay the sod. Literally lay in the foundation, right? Yeah, yeah. lay in the foundation for where he gets married. Uh, man, pretty <laughs> cool stuff. So, Good stuff. Uh, yeah, thank, can't thank Coach Robertson enough for coming on. That was a real treat. And you can just tell 
these college coaches that have such a you know, a buy-in and a passion for what they're doing, care about their student-athletes, and uh, what what a treat to get to visit now with all four head coaches of our uh, of our quite powerful uh, college golf programs in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, it may, kind of leaves you wanting more, so we're going to keep efforting for you guys to get more and more college golf content on the podcast. And again, thank Coach Robertson for making the time. You're absolutely right. We are spoiled here in the state of Oklahoma. OU, Oklahoma State, both men's and women's programs, just absolutely buzzing and flying right now. But uh, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff, my friend. But new Twitter handle out there, JT. So I want you to throw it out there, man. The the YSO has its own Twitter now. How can we get at you? At YSO Golf. Very simple. At YSO Golf on Twitter. I have moved really all the golf content uh, whether it be the hot takes, uh, the retweets, a lot of hot takes, a lot of hot takes, the retweets of other uh, accounts that I think folks would really enjoy their following or uh, seeing a post from, moved it all over there. Uh, quite active certainly during uh, golf tournaments during the weekend, but really all week long because things are popping off uh, seemingly daily in the world of golf. And uh, at YSO Golf is where you're going to find it. Uh, good, good solid engagement, you know, over the last week. Uh, Eskimo Open was a big topic on Twitter. Had a lot of engagement about what my score was going to be. You know, no spoilers uh, when this pod posts. Uh, that is uh, going to probably be in in session. So we'll be able to talk about that this coming week on the recap pod. But uh, at YSO Golf, got to get at us. We like to have fun out there. And obviously part of our network of Twitter and golf talk. Uh, where can they find us on the overall count. Mr. Absolutely, Needle. my friend. You can follow us on the web at fantasysportspros.com or you can follow us on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, that's pros with an E, P-R-O-S-E. Well, bud, I think that wraps it up for this episode. And so we'll sign off here, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good week. Take care. And as always, get out there and enjoy the walk.